Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. Well, good morning, Northridge family. Cynthia and I are honored to be here with you this morning to share a little bit about Nepal and the country that God has called us to. And uh, we're just always happy to be back and be able to tell you about what God has done since we were here two years ago last to visit with you. And um, one question we get asked a lot is, what do we wish we could take back with us when we go back? And um, my quick answer is always five guys and fries. But the second thing is corporate worship that we have here this morning. It's special. I hope you appreciate it because um, I'm sure as Pastor John can tell you, when you go and work in another country, it's great to be in their church service, but it's not your church language in English. And so it's just so special to be able to hear to worship God with you in English and our brothers and sisters in Christ. But one question we never get asked and somebody actually asks us, what do you wish people would ask you about the ministry in Nepal? And for that, our answer is we wish people would ask how we've seen God move. And because we've seen God move mountains. And so we want to share a little bit about that this morning, how God moved mountains not only in our lives, the lives of our family, but in the Nepali people that we serve and that God called us to. It was uh, nine years ago last month that Cynthia and I moved from South Georgia and moved to Nepal full time. And so we're there ministering. Our personal ministry is a children's home but we also partner with an organization called Baptist Medical and Dental that does medical teams, veterinarian teams, construction and pastoral teams to work and help bring first care and aid to the people of Nepal, but also with our primary focus being to bring them Jesus. And so if you don't know much about Nepal, it's the home of Mount Everest. It's a small nation of only 30 million people and it's sandwiched between India and China with two billion neighbors. It's also the world's only Hindu nation And so it is a country that they worship over 330 million gods in Hinduism. And so they have made a god to everything and out of everything. There are literally temples where you go for an earache and there's a golden statue of an ear and you go and make sacrifices to the god of ears to try and heal your earache. And so it's a land that has a ton of religion and very little Jesus. It's less than 3% Christian. It's about 75% Hindu, about 20% Buddhist, and about 5% is split between Christianity and Muslims. And so we get the privilege of serving there and working there, and you make that possible through your prayers and support. So we couldn't be there every day doing what we do if it wasn't for you here doing what you do in your giving and in your prayers. And so we feel those, we appreciate that, and we know that you are keeping us in your prayers because it's opening doors and God is going before us. And so our ministry verse is Habakkuk 1.5. Look among the nations and see and wonder because I'm going to do a work in your days that you would not even believe if I told you. And so as you see my family now, we have seven children. If you'd have told my wife and I 20 years ago that we'd be missionaries in Nepal running a children's home, we wouldn't have believed it even if God had written it on the wall himself. And so this is our beautiful family that God has blessed us with. Um, one daughter was not able to be here for the photo that day. We have seven children that range in ages from six years old to 20 years old. And all of our children are true orphans. They've all lost at least their father. They meet the biblical definition of an orphan. 
and they are at-risk children. Uh, Nepal is also the sex trafficking capital of the world. Every year, over 16,000 young boys and girls are trafficked out of Nepal into the sex industry around the world. And again, in Hinduism, girls are not valued. And so it's that area where we try to minister. And so our oldest daughter, Hamani, that you're seeing now, is now 20 years old and is a senior in nursing school. But when we first met her, she was about a 10-year-old little girl in the slums where we worked in Kathmandu. And two years later, we're there working, and her father commits suicide. And he leaves her and her younger sister abandoned and orphaned in a cardboard shack along the river of the Bagmati in Nepal in the sex trafficking capital of the world. At 12 years old, she drops out of school and begins delivering milk at 5 a.m. in the morning to feed her and her sister. At night, they barricade themselves in that cardboard shack because men come calling, trying to attack them. And so God moved a mountain in her life and brought her to us. And so, just thank you. And so today she stands 20 years old, a senior in nursing school about to graduate. And I was just visiting with her as uh, I was there at her college before I came here to the States on furlough. And we were talking about dad-daughter things and next stage in life and how God has worked in her life. And she shared with me that day for the first time. She said, Dad, growing up in the slums, I never for a moment had hope that I could ever be anything. I could never be a nurse. I couldn't be a teacher. She had no hope. But God brought hope into her life. And so she is a witnessing machine because in Nepal, it is actually illegal to share your faith and to proselytize. And so she witnesses on the way to the hospital and she witnesses all during her shift as God brings families and hurting circumstances into her path as she does her clinical rotations. And so she prays with patients, shares the gospel with patients, and we know of seven people that she has directly led to Christ. And so we could not be more proud of her boldness and her heart for God. And we're excited about the future for this young lady because, but God, her life would be so different. And so he moved a mountain in her life, moved a mountain in our life to bring our paths together. And so we've been so blessed to see the young lady she's becoming. Pastor warned you about praying about things, you know, saying you'll go anywhere for God. Well, I have to be warned because we prayed for years for God to rise up godly spouses for our children as they mature and get ready to get married. Well, now she's a senior. She has a serious boyfriend. They're talking marriage, and I'm not happy. <laughs> I love the young man. He's a good godly man, and he's exactly what I prayed for. But I regret praying that some days <laughs> I want to keep her at home. But the next person you're seeing is our oldest son, Krishna. And Krishna is sitting here on the couch with his grandmother, who is a Hindu witch doctor. And so what has happened after this photo is Krishna has just been sharing the gospel with his grandmother. Now, I don't know about you, but oftentimes it's the hardest to share with those we know, right? Especially family members, because they know us. And so we were so proud of him that day as he sat there sharing with his grandmother and telling her the good news of Jesus Christ. It's pretty tough to share with your parents or grandparents, but it's even more tough when they're a Hindu witch doctor and could put a spell on you. And his braveness and boldness to sit there and do that. And he was a little concerned afterwards because his grandmother did not accept Christ that morning. 
And he asked us, you know, what to do. And we told him, son, you've done all that Christ commanded of you. You have shared the good news. It's now up to the Holy Spirit to work in her life and heart. And so a prayer request we would have is while we were here just two days ago, uh, his grandmother has fallen very ill. She's very elderly and we don't know how much longer she will make it. And they've asked if Krishna could come back to his village to see her one last time. So pray for that same boldness and opportunity for him to share because we told him this may be your last time you ever get to share Jesus with your grandmother. So pray that that would happen and he'd have that opportunity to travel back because they live in a very remote village and it's a very hard thing to do to get him back to that village. But we've seen God work in his heart in so many amazing ways. The young man he's becoming, he's 16 now. When we met him, he had such anger and bitterness in his heart because orphans are considered cursed in Hinduism. So he was attacked and picked on. He was abandoned and sent to live with his elderly grandmother who couldn't feed herself. So he had a lot of food insecurity issues. And we've seen God take those from his heart. And we always joke that if you want to know where most of your support goes, it goes to feed this young man. <laughs> this boy can eat. And so any of those that you have teenage boys out there know what we're talking about. But we're just so proud of his heart for Christ and for the way God has taken and delivered some of the things that he's had in his life. And we're excited about the future and what happens to him. But, you know, God has not only moved mountains in the lives of our family, but he's moved in so many of the people that we're able to serve with and serve alongside. And so we want to share some of that this morning as well, because I don't know if you heard of a little thing that happened the last two years called COVID. But we worked in a village that had, our country went through very strict COVID lockdowns. And so for two years, people had to leave overseas and come back to Nepal that had good jobs overseas. You couldn't leave your village and go out and work and do your day jobs. And so it led to a, a situation where bad poverty became extreme poverty. And so the elderly gentleman you're seeing right now is with his grandson. And it's a family that we met through God's divine appointment. But his son and daughter-in-law had six children and their family was struggling so bad to survive that they took their own life. The, the son and daughter-in-law committed suicide, leaving six children because they knew the food that they ate was coming at the expense of being able to feed their children. I've never had to make a decision like that in my life. But God intervened in this family's life and we met them and worked with them our pastor in that area is pouring into them spiritually and physically. This is that uh, elderly gentleman's wife and some of the other kids now are receiving food and support that was made possible by you. And so we were able to share with that family, not only let them feel the love of Christ through food and medical care, but to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so in this village, we'd ask that you especially pray for them. There's only 250 families in this village 13 people committed suicide during the COVID lockdowns in that one village. And this is the pastor's home village. So it's an area where Satan is trying to stop what the pastor is doing. And so we would covet your prayers on his behalf and on behalf of that community in Mugu. The next uh, family that we were able to meet is actually a school, sorry. And I talked about divine appointments. I've heard it said that there's no such thing as being at the wrong place at the wrong time when you're in the center of God's will. And so God brought a, a young man that started a school for the deaf. He himself was deaf. We met one day on a flight by God's uh, appointment. 
And so he works in this remote area because he got out and was educated, learned sign language, and had a future. But he knew all the kids left back in that village did not that were deaf. And so he started a school with about 15 to 18 students that are all deaf. He teaches them life skills and sign language. And so our ministry partnered with that school. We took a dental team there to work. We were able to provide food because of your support. They get a daily meal now every day when they come to school. And they provided jackets and hats that you see them wearing now. And we did that through a partnership in Nepal with an organization, a Christian missionary organization that works with women that are rescued from sex trafficking. They provide them meaningful employment so these women don't have to go back into bad choices that they've been rescued out of because they have a life skill now. And so it doubles your impact because they get a job and the children get warm hats and jackets. So we thank you for making that partnership possible. The other area that we focus heavily on because my wife and I were called to start the children's homes But God gave us another ministry after moving to Nepal, and that was partnering with local churches and pastors. These people, these men are the heroes of the faith. These are the folks from Hebrews. They work in a very hard place doing a very hard work where they can be imprisoned, beaten, disowned for simply following Christ. And so they have a calling on their life. They go out and start a church, but their church doesn't look like ours. Their church is under a tree, It's in a rented room. It's even in caves. And so because of your support, since we were here last two years ago, we have built six new church buildings. And you're seeing some of those photos now. Thank you. We've been able to help other smaller churches that had a church building but needed a Sunday school room. Or maybe a storm came through and tore off the roof during monsoon season and we were able to replace it because of your support. So we thank you for that. But this photo that you're seeing now is by far my favorite and the most impactful on me. This is a church that you literally built the whole church in Jumla, our home village where we live. What you're seeing is in the middle of the construction, we have wet cement above us, you have support pillars holding it up, and you have bare earth on the ground, and they couldn't even wait to get into that building to worship. So this is a church service being held in our church in Jumla that they couldn't even wait for the finished product. They were so excited to have a church building. And so they worshiped and celebrated and they are so happy. The pastor sends his thanks for all that you've done to give. That was the first ever church started by the first Christian ever in the 2000 year history of this village. And that church had been there 50 years and never had a church building. Today they have a home that is the Lord's house. So thank you for making that possible and making it possible for us to be there and support them. Lastly, are the pastors themselves. And that's who you're seeing now. And that's them with their diplomas. These men had a calling on their life, but most were uneducated. They're all bivocational, meaning they have to work in a village and work as a farmer, raise their own family, and then try and shepherd a church on the weekend. And so they could never go off to a three-year seminary course. But God moved the mountain and brought the seminary course to them because we were able to partner and do a training program that's a correspondence course. And so we bring them together one week at a time for intensive training four times a year. And they go through this three-year course, and at the end of the 10-book course, they graduate and get a diploma, and it helps them build a sound theology, and it helps them learn how to prepare a, a sermon and how to shepherd their people that God has called them to. Your church has sent pastors and staff to come and train those men. You've sent the resources like these graduation photos. 
They're wearing a new suit as a gift at graduation because of your church's support. And so each man got the, probably the first ever suit in his life he was able to pick out and have for graduation. We wanted it to be a big day to celebrate their three-year commitment to graduate and complete the course and to stay steadfast to God. And so we just encourage you to continue to lift them up as they work and minister. We're starting a new program now for those that have graduated. We had 80 graduate out of the three-year course. We are starting four new courses now where we'll have 100 men that will go through those courses and graduate in three years. In Nepal, there's 77 districts, like our 50 states. Our goal and vision is to have one pastor graduate and be in every one of those 77 states so that they'll have at least one good sound church in every district to help reach those people. And so you made all that possible, and we thank you for that. And we look forward to seeing what he does in the future with these men because we're continuing to pour into them with discipleship and training resources so they can raise up leaders in their own church and they can go out and reach their community and witness to those around them that God has called them to. So Cynthia and I just want to thank you for making all this possible. Thank you for making it where we can come back and share with you and also continue to be there for not only our family, but the other families that God puts in our path during difficult circumstances. So I want to close with just a a brief letter from our um, middle daughter, Sarda. She wrote a letter to say thank you. Um, Cynthia and I can say thank you, but she does it much better than, than I ever could. And Sarda writes, I should have brought my glasses, but she says, thank you so much for all that you have done and for everything, may God bless you all. We are very happy. We now all believe in Jesus because you told us about him. And we got a good mother and father and a good family. Thank you so much. And so I couldn't say any better. Sarda says it, my whole family says it, and our ministry says it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do for the people of Milledgeville, people all over Georgia, and people halfway around the world. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.